Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 4, Episode 17. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Ty Miles. Ty Miles is a coach, speaker, business mentor, founder, and CEO of Ty Miles International. After 15 years as a successful entrepreneur in the beauty industry and earning millions in sales as a hairstylist and salon owner, Ty decided to sell her salon and step fully into her purpose to work in the personal development space, further aligning her life and work with what she is most passionate about, women empowerment and entrepreneurship. Embracing her fears with the confidence that she was flowing in her purpose, the personal power expert decided it was time to use her God-given gifts, talents, and abilities in an even more powerful way to bring prosperity into her life and to help others do the same. Ty's passion is to teach women ready to live authentically how to activate their own personal power to create a life and profitable service business true to their persona through self-discovery, self-belief, and practical planning to manifest personal and financial success. Ty really is the undisputed expert on how to discover your personal power and prosper from your natural gifts, expertise, and abilities. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Ty Miles. Okay, so Ty, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. So I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for having the courage to pivot in your entrepreneurial journey after 15 years by moving from the beauty industry to the women empowerment sector. I think that's really awesome that you chose to follow your heart and work in an arena that you're passionate about. It has been a beautiful and unexpected journey. I'm here for it. Okay, that's awesome. So are you ready to talk about leadership? I'm ready to talk about leadership, one of my favorites. All right. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Ty? I totally agree with that. And can you tell us why you feel this way? I feel that each one of us is a leader, whether we know it or not, because someone is watching us. Someone is watching our actions, whether it's in our home, whether it's in our workplaces, whether if you're in college or going back to school for whatever reason, in our churches, in our community. Like I know for sure, especially as I've taken this walk and even as a young child, I mean, I've influenced people that are generations older than me watching my walk spiritually, entrepreneurially, my personal walk. And I had no idea. So just know that whoever you are, wherever you are in your life, um, someone is watching you. So, and someone would probably rather be in your shoes than where they are, you know, regardless of how you feel about your current state of environment or condition. Okay. Thank you for that. Two things that you said stuck out to me. And that was 
people that were quite older than you were even watching you, right? And I think that that is very key because sometimes we don't realize that it doesn't matter the age of the person. Like we can influence people, whether they're younger or older. So I do think that sometimes that gets confused. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I do also love what you said as far as how good or bad our situation may be. There is someone out there that wishes they could be in it. So learning to kind of appreciate where we are and just move in that space knowing that it could always be worse. Absolutely. Okay. So Ty, can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? I believe that I realized I was a leader at a very young age. I would say around, I'm going to say 16. It's when Mm -hmm. I really, really realized that when I was 16 years old, I had my daughter when I was 16. So I was pregnant at 15, daughter at 16. And so this is going into my sophomore year of high school. And I can remember my English teacher. I wasn't expecting her support the way it was. But what she said to me was, I love the way that you kept your chin up high, even in the midst of all of the adversity that you're going through. She was like, you are encouraging me. She was my English teacher, but she was also going to school after work to be an attorney. And so she was like, you're how you are standing up in the midst of your peers talking about you because I was an A student, mind you, pregnant. So everybody's talking about the smart, sneaky girl. And so I was able to keep my head up high. I did not allow their gossip or, you know, all the outside noise to stop me from I had determined that I was not going to go off to a school that was for pregnant girls only or for mothers only. I didn't feel like I needed to be segregated from my peers. I did not allow being pregnant or being a teen mom to stop me from, you know, going to all my classes, the way I scheduled my appointments. These are just small things, but these are the details that really, I didn't even know that were defining me as a leader. And so what she came to me and she spoke to me and she's like, Ty, you know, you doing this at this time of adversity, that some people consider a life-altering, and I would even consider it a life-altering case, I guess, experienced in my life, the way you're handling it. Like you, you're standing, it just makes you shine. It makes you stand out. And it wasn't even thing I was trying to do intentionally. But some of the things that came from that, like her support, she said that I encouraged her to go harder for her goals. This is a, I mean, I'm 16 and she's like, I know it was in her 40s. And so um, that's just when I really realized that The decisions that I was making for myself and how I chose to act and behave according to my beliefs about myself and my beliefs about my future was actually sparking something and causing something to rise in those around me. Even my peers, you know, were able to admire me and respected me differently because of the way they saw me walk through that period of my life. Mm, Nice. Thank you for sharing that. I love that story. And I actually can relate to that because I was a teenage mom as well. But I don't know if I was so bold as you were. I mean, I still marched forth and did what I had to do. But internally, I think I kind of let some of the shame get to me. So I love that you didn't do that and and, uh, was an example for others. So that's awesome. Yeah, but Nicole, I absolutely did. I did allow it. It was there. But I refused to allow it to stop me. So yeah, I appreciate that. But I can't that much credit. I just want to say they were definitely okay. there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. So then I can really relate to that, right? Because the shame was there internally. But like you said, I, you never allowed it to stop you. And I didn't either. I recall a conversation with my parents where they're like, you know, how could you do this? Or this is going to stop you from this. And I'm like, it's a baby, but it's not taking the smarts out of my brain, you know, and it's crazy. Like the stigma that was put on the having a kid where it's like, 
the kid was going to affect me going to, you know, like not being able to complete schoolwork or just not being as smart, I would say, is is kind of the message I was getting. But I wouldn't let that message sink in because I'm like, this is my brain. It's been my brain before this child. It's going to be my brain after this child. So I love that, you know, even with the the negativity that, you know, still choosing to be positive and know your strengths. So thank you for that. Okay, so in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Ty, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Absolutely. My code of leadership, I guess the one thing that's really at the core, I would first say I value integrity first and then team second. and if I had to do a third, the last one would definitely be, I guess, the ability to empathize. Mm, mm, okay. You know, those three together, integrity, team, and the ability to empathize. And I say this because one, integrity, in all things that we do, you know, I believe that how we treat others is an extension of how we treat ourselves. So when got it throughout life. I think about everything that I do, even the thoughts that I have, would I want to have this thought back toward myself or would I take this action toward myself? And I allow that to be the compass that got me. So I believe in integrity at the end of the day, you know, the karmatic cause, you know, reaping what you're sowing. I believe in that. It's essential to who I am and it's, it's a central part of my leadership. And then secondly, the team, I know without any doubt that I cannot be who I am. My company cannot be what it is alone. I cannot take any singular credit for anything that I do. It's always built on the shoulders of someone else and it's built for others. And so it's that circular leadership style that I believe in. Everyone empowered to play their part is what make it successful. I may be the face of it, not because of a singular, you know, my own efforts. And then lastly, just the ability to empathize. You know, I'm a human. I make mistakes. I miss the mark. I have blind spots. And so keeping that in mind as I grow, you know, that allows me to be patient with myself, but be extremely patient with others and to be able to receive from others in their area of wisdom and insight, because I'm always like putting myself in their shoes. You know, what experiences have they had that I have not had? How can their experiences, how can their stories, whether they're good or negative, how can they help impact the work that I'm doing and how can they positively impact me as a leader so that I can be a better leader? moving forward. Okay. Thank you for that. I love those. And I do agree. Like you, you called it the circle that to me, that was a complete circle, caring for yourself, caring for others, and then being empathetic with, I would say yourself and others. So that, that is like, that's everything in a nutshell. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, really, right. We make it so much harder than it has to be, but the underlying principle is so simple. And, you know, if more people took time to just dig into that underlying principle, things would be a lot easier. So absolutely. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Ty, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Yes. And I used to take that. Oh my gosh. I had to absolutely change my relationship with failure. The Mm -hmm. fear of failure, everybody else, allowing their failures to transfer to me. And so now I'm scared of this thing because this girl said she was scared of this thing or this guy had this bad experience. And so I had to break up with my 
perspective on failure. And once I did, literally it changed everything. It was a paradigm shift. So I look at failure is success and progress. Mm. If you're not willing to fail, you're also not willing to succeed. Mm. And so without failure, that shows that there's like a lack of effort and trying. So if everything that a person does, if they're constantly succeeding at it, they're not challenging themselves. They can go harder. I believe that failure like continues to break the ceiling to allow for greater success, to allow for greater growth. And so once I really wrap my head on that level, like this is what failure is. Failure is like inviting me to another level of growth. It's inviting me to an opportunity to succeed on another level because I'm able to try again with more information, with more knowledge and applied knowledge. That's what failure means to me. So I've, I've failed a lot. And before I used to feel shame, that guilt, disappointment, and I still feel the disappointment because who wants to fail? Like we don't want to fail. However, when you change your mindset towards it and you understand that, you know, on the other side of failing, it's so much, I mean, you are the more skilled, the more learned person, you know, if you're learning from each time that you did not meet the mark that you set out. And so there is no failure. Honestly, I believe in failing hard and failing fast. Okay. And now let's try it again. Yes, yes. Thank you. I love what you said as far as break up. You had to break up with your perception of failure. And I do agree that in the past, people may not have talked about failure as much or, you know, it had like this big negative connotation whereby we have to change the narrative. And like you said, look at failure as a invitation for growth. I love that. That was such a great way to put it, you know, because it is like every time, like you said, you're more experienced, you have more knowledge, so you can go further. You may have failed the first time or may have not reached whatever mark, but with that information that you've obtained, you can go a little further each time. So, you know, failure can be the catalyst to a great success if we allow it to be. So thank you for that. No, thank you. All right. So Ty, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? Absolutely. I'm in my head trying to process. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I I think I have failed so many times as a leader. I gosh, you know, I believe in transparent leadership. So one of the times that I can think of when I, when I fell as a leader, I was really trying to get it right. This mm-hmm. is years ago in the beauty in, in the beauty industry. I had gone. I was going through the process of changing out how I manage my salon business. I had tried it. it so my my salon business was booth rental style. A lot of business salons are booth rental style, and a lot of hairstylists we have we're very egotistical, big egos. Everybody is a boss, you know. And so I had the salon filled with bosses. No one wanted structure. At mm-hmm. that point, mm-hmm. it's my business. You know, there needs to be structure. I have rules. We have contracts in place. They were not used to a salon that was not just open for business, but a salon that was that had structure, a salon that had rules, a salon where we all played a part in upholding the culture and the atmosphere. And so there was a point where there was a whole bunch of negativity going on in the salon. A lot of bat talking. The stylists were talking about me. You know, the clients were being affected by it because they don't come there for that. And I can remember taking the approach of going in and ruling with a hard fist. Like, I'm putting my foot down, like, this is going to change. And it was more like, if you can't get with this, 
then you need to get out. That was literally like ultimatum. Like Mm -hmm. tomorrow, come in, follow the rules or get out was sort of like the defining line that I was pretty much saying. And that didn't sit well with the people. And here's what I realized. I was not the leader that I spoke of earlier. Yes, I was a leader believing by integrity. Yes, I believe in team, but it was not fully developed. And the ability to empathize was definitely not there at that moment. I've Mm -hmm. grown so much as a leader from that time. So what I didn't realize in that moment was, you know, I had a group of people, I was pretty much trailblazing and I just was expecting them to see the vision and run with it. I was just expecting them to just like jump on board. But what I failed to do as a leader is to properly, they came in and they signed a contract. But what I failed to do was to indoctrinate them into my vision. I failed to help them to understand why I wanted the structure, why I wanted the rules, the goal in such a way so that they can buy into it. Mm -hmm. And I failed to realize in that moment that they had never been introduced to a model like that. So I was introducing them to something totally new and expecting them to come in and, and to execute it efficiently when they didn't know that was the expectation. And so, yeah, I wasn't a, as strong of a leader as I am today. So looking back, I definitely say I failed in communication. I failed in empathizing. I failed in helping my team succeed. I didn't set them up for success to be able to properly execute the vision that I had for the salon. And unfortunately, some of those relationships were ruined. Some of them, you know, rightfully so, they needed to be weeded out. But I do believe there were others who would have potentially been grateful in the environment had I given them the right foundation to come in to succeed. Okay, thank you for that. And congratulations for being a trailblazer (laughs) in that, yes, in that industry. I love that. And you also brought up some great points, right, that I think sometimes are overlooked in that people want or they need buy-in. You know, they need to be able to buy into the vision. And although you're the leader, we all are leaders in our own right. Just like you said, everyone in, in the beauty parlor were bosses, right? So we're all leaders in our own right. But yet, It's okay to be a leader and a follower, but people need that information. They need to know what they're following so that they can decide whether or not they're with it instead of being forced to be with it. So that's a great, great point. And I also love your other point whereby you said you were leading, but you didn't have all of the leadership skills that you have today. And that's something that I think we also overlook. It's like, yes, we're leaders, but we can be a good leader or a bad leader depending on how our leadership skills are developed, which is why I believe leadership development is so important in continuing to hone those skills and improve those skills so that we can be the great leaders that we're meant to be. So thank you for that. All right. So Ty, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? Because I definitely know all the research and data and the truth of the matter is that, you know, everything points to it. It is definitely harder for a female to be an established leader in the business space as an entrepreneur. However, what I also realized is in order to rewrite that narrative, I can't allow that to be a limiting belief for me. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that it is my responsibility to remove that label from myself and to remove that label from other females that I am called to empower, I understand that you know once I'm really clear on who I am, like there's no demographic, there is no statistic that I 
want to allow to hold me back. And so it sort of like works as like motivation for me. So yes, I do believe that it, it requires more effort. And I believe there are definitely times where it's harder and for us to thrive. But I believe that in the way that the, in this world that we're in, I believe it's coming more and more where things are becoming easier as the playing field is sort of leveling out in certain areas and certain aspects. I believe it's becoming easier because we as women, we, we know how to be strong, but we also know how to lead from our hearts. And I believe that the world that we're living in, people are wanting to connect more with the feminine energy that is in, innate to us. And so in those arenas, I believe that it's becoming easier for us to really shine and showcase our brilliance once we give ourselves the opportunity to do so. Okay, thank you for that. I love that. And I do agree with you. Sort of the atmosphere is what it is. But you gave two great tips, right? We have to remove our limiting beliefs and also use adversity as our motivation, right? Like, okay, it's harder, but use that as your strength to to succeed as opposed to using it as something that's going to keep you down. Oh, I know I'm not going to be able to make it because it's not set up for me. No, I'm going to make it even if it is not set up for me, you know? So just kind of like you said, changing that narrative, changing our belief system so that we can push past some of these things that have been barriers in the past. Because like you said, the playing field is starting to get less. So it's our time to do what we're here to do. So thank you for that. Okay, so productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Ty, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Absolutely, absolutely. I would definitely say number one is, I, I believe I'm waking up early enough well, let me go back to rewind. Let me rewind. <laughs> the night before, like I set an intention for my next day. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, we all have 24 hours in a day. And it is how we own those 24 hours that will show up in our lives and ultimately show up in our bank accounts. And so everything for me goes back to the personal. So I like to set an intention. The night before, I sit down and say, hey, Ty, what are you doing with your morning tomorrow? I know my knowing yourself. So knowing my most effective time when my energy is high, when I'm most, yeah, I'm least distracted, you know, what top three things are you going to get off your list tomorrow? And I write these top three things down like the night before I go to bed. And so the next morning when I wake up, like these are the first three things. I call it a try list. And so productivity wise, that try list keeps me in order. And then the next thing I really just say really focus on is like find out you know, really look into the activities that are meaningful. You know, we busy ourselves up so much. We are busy and not productive. Mm -hmm. And I know in this world we live in, I mean, I'm really trying to like, my phone distracts me, Facebook, I'm scrolling, 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 even like checking my day. You lose so much time. So really being clear on what it is you want to accomplish with that day. Is it pitching yourself? Is it a contract? It might be a self-care day where you just want to focus on your mental health. You know, whatever that is, you need to lock in the priority for that day. And then I really do believe in list, uh, listing out the micro steps that it takes to accomplish that task or to accomplish that goal for the week, if it's a bigger goal or for the month, if it's a bigger goal. And then just 
go down that checklist. Go down that checklist until you have checked every last one off. And it's sort of rewarding for me just to be able to check it off or scratch that line through it. It helps me like, oh, okay, I'm three things away from my list. Let me go ahead and knock the other three things out. You know, I know that this is very simple. I know like a lot of people probably have heard this over and over again, but I also know from my clients, this is one thing that they do not stick to. But when they stick to it, they are so much happier, they are so much productive, and they actually get stuff done because they can see in front of them, out of sight, out of mind. They can get it out of our busy heads and see what happened to make to make our goals, you know, a reality. And so it's a very small piece of advice, but I think it's a very necessary one that we often overlook the power of a checklist and the power of setting an intention for your day. I finished my days earlier. I feel more accomplished. I feel more confident. And at the end of the day, I'm getting stuff done. Thank you for that. I love that. And we we share a similar trait as far as it's something about being able to put that check mark next to a task that is just so self-rewarding. So I do agree with you. You gave a tip that I know. So like you said, and I'm one of the people that struggle with it, where it's do those bigger, more important things first. And for whatever reason, I love to do the simple stuff first, which can fall in line wherever they fall in line. And I push some of my bigger things off and then I feel bad, you know, because then after the day, when you finally decide to do it, let's say it's at night, you don't have time to do it because you used your whole day to do things that weren't as important. So I do think that that's a great, great, great tip that should be followed more often. It's going to be something that I focus on myself and then the even the breaking the goals down into smaller tasks because something, what do they say? How, you, how do you eat an elephant? Bite by bite, right? Where if you look at an yeah. elephant, you're like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but once you start taking a chunk and a chunk and a chunk, you know, over time, it won't be as big. So, you know, something so small can have such a huge impact. So thank you for that. Okay. So Ty, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? This is a big one. I want to think of a a defining moment. Absolutely. So an experience that blessed my leadership is really when I, after I transitioned from hairstylist to the women empowerment sector and you know helping other women start their businesses. At first, I was very concerned. Really, I was had a bit of concern about how serious people would take me in, as a business strategist transitioning from a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. And so it really blessed my leadership that after I started to have these events, after I would post online, you know, I post online strategically, different things that I'm working on, different events that I'm going to, not only to share with others, you know, to show them my daily walk, but also so that I can go back. Or like, you know, I know, for instance, with Facebook, it shows you, you know, your timeline, you know, what happened a year ago, what happened this minute, this moment ago, so I can celebrate. It's an automatic celebration built into it. So, but for me, what really blessed my leadership is like, I'm what about in my business, I'm probably about seven or eight events in and I'm at the point where now the emails or the messages are starting to pour in. Ty, I've been watching your journey since you transitioned. And I tell you, at first I was scared for you. And I was like, <laughs> she was afraid. yes, I was scared for you. 
she must be crazy. She was making all this money as a hairstylist. I mean, she had it going, you know, I thought she was crazy. I lost, I thought you had lost your mind. You know, we didn't know what was going on. And you started something all, all the way new. And, but what you incited in me was to see where you are now, you know, you've excited in me that there is more and that mm-hmm. I can do more. And that even if I want to change and do something totally different, I can, and it's not too late. And that really blessed my leadership because that's when I, when I made that transition from beautician to business strategist, the reason I made that purpose fulfillment, the reason I shifted in that direction is because I no longer, in my salon, I was successful. I had money. I had the car. I had the home. There was a lot of I in there. What I was not doing was disseminating all that knowledge, all that wisdom that I had gained to get me to that point with others. And so I decided that I no longer wanted, you know, personal fulfillment. I wanted to make an impact on the lives of others so that we can have the money, so that we can have the lifestyle, so that we can have the freedom that we need and desire in order for us all to continue to play our part and just sharing this, this power that we walk in. And so for me, it blessed me to see like, you know, what I did. My leadership was blessed just by others bearing witness. It's like we saw the transition. We saw you start and we saw you fail. We saw you get out there and do it anyway. And now look what you are, Ty. And so like, and on, on the flip side of that, you know, years down, I had clients that came out of that. I didn't want to come to you real soon because I knew you was doing something <laughs> new, but you know, now that you're here, girl, yeah, take this money, you know, but I'm serious, like. You know, you know, so that really blessed my leadership in that I really realized that, you know, I was able to make that transition from being focused on myself and to being focused on empowering those around me. And that's what your podcast is all about, Nicole. This leadership is all about. I think it all starts with personal leadership and expands out to our professional leadership, our leadership in in our communities and the world around us. And so, yeah, that blessed my leadership just for others just to bear witness of, you know, I've seen your challenges, Ty, but man, I celebrate where you are now because, you know, you deserve it. I've seen you go through. And not only that, because you've been so transparent and showing all sides of success and failure, I trust you to show me how to get there too. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. And that's, um, it goes back to what you said, right? Like there's always someone watching, whether they let us know in the beginning or whether we find out along the journey that they've been watching, it's always someone watching. So I love how that actually blessed you. And I love what you said as far as how people came back and told you that what you did let them know that there's more, that they can do more, and that it's never too late. That actually reminds me, I just posted about this recently, of the story of of Colonel Sanders, where the, this was like a life-changing story for me, where I saw that with him, like he didn't start the company until he was 65, after he had been divorced, after he had lost so many jobs, after he was about to commit suicide. Like, you know, at 65 is when he started KFC, which obviously, as we all know, has outlived him for, you know, however many years. And, you know, your story to me is very similar, whereby it's like, okay, but was yours, you know, you were successful. So I guess that's a little different where people do look at you like, why would you leave something good, you know, for something that's unknown, but still like self satisfaction is so important. So I'm glad that you did show people like, yeah, you could be 
successful in a monetary sense or successful on your own. But if you aren't satisfying your soul, then what is it worth? You know, so I'm glad that you did make that change and are showing other people that it's okay to change your mind and to go after what's really important to you, whether others agree with it or understand it or not. So that that's a really great story. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So Ty, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? Yes. So what I would like to leave for everybody listening in, and I think this is very important, is that it's so simple, man. This is so simple, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) Give yourself permission to be you. Mm. It's so simple, but it's so, oh my gosh, it's so underrated. Like we say we want it, but when when I say that, give yourself permission to be you, because I think so many oftentimes as leaders, yes, you have the, you have some some laws and some principles that are leadership. So if you obey these laws of leadership, you will succeed. But if you break them, you're going to fail. Like those are there. But in that, we have to give ourselves permission to be authentic, to be true to ourselves. What are the things that guide you? What are the motives behind your leadership? And in order to know the motives behind your leadership, you got to know you. Mm. You got to know who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to know your strengths. You have to know your weaknesses. Because how are you going to surround yourself with people that are stronger in your in your weak areas if you don't know who you are? Mm, good point. So in order to authentically be you, you have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Know yourself and then give yourself permission to be yourself. You know, so for instance, like I am not the most eloquent speaker or writer. I know that I need somebody to spell check after I write an email. <laughs> <laughs> you know, about myself. So because I know that about myself, I am able to either have someone come in and work with me in that area or like shadow or intern with me in that area. Or I can actually pay someone on my team to help me in that area. And I do this all the time. I I constantly, I know quarterly assess, like, are you leading true to you? Are you living true to you? You know, so I would say just really to get to yourself. And really figure out, like, who are you? Personal, like I said, personal leadership is the foundation of all successful leadership. And it's important that in order for us to be our authentic self and give ourselves permission to be our authentic self, we got to know ourselves. So we need to do that because there's a lot of women out there stinking it up in the leadership field. Too much of themselves and not enough of thinking of others. And so we need we need that space to sit with our raw selves, our true self to say, hey, I need to get this together in this area. But also say, hey, I do great. I acknowledge that I am great in this area. So how can I become a better leader? Of course, you become a better leader by looking into your weaknesses. How can you use your strengths to strengthen your weaknesses so that you can be a better you, so that you can get all of that brilliance that you have on the inside of you, so that you can unlock it and, and pour it into somebody else? Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And I do agree. I do agree. And we are again, similar because spelling is not my forte, but on a, <laughs> it's not, it's not. And some people are like, how could you be so smart and not know how to spell everything? And I'm like, listen, we're, we don't all have the same gifts and spelling just was not one that God gave me. And I'm okay with it because, you know, I use spell check. If I can't get the spell check, I'll change the words around. You know, I figure out a way to get around my weakness, right? Yes. (laughs) 
That's right. Yes. So again, like not allowing those things to shame us, not being overconfident, right? And trying to hide, you know, our weaknesses, being okay with it and figuring out ways to move forward within our limitations. I love that. I believe that's great advice. And like you said, you have to know yourself and be comfortable with yourself to even be able to be successful in doing that. So that's really, really great advice. And thank you for sharing that. Okay, so Ty, you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I feel really good, Nicole. It's so hard to not feel comfortable giving at my level of giving um, with you. I appreciate the atmosphere. I appreciate the preparedness, your professionalism. Oh man, this is this has been a great interview. You're welcome. Thank you. I pre- and I appreciate your time and your willingness to share with us. All right. So Ty, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Absolutely. I want to do a little bit of all of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely go over to my website, which is www.tymiles.com. That is T-Y-E-M-I-L-E-S.com. You know, subscribe to my email list. You know, I'm real busy in life and I know that you all are too. So I don't spam just one email a month with very informative, good, useful information. So please go to my website, subscribe. You will enjoy my monthly newsletter, sort, so to speak. I've also just launched a new book called Entrepreneurial Elevation. This is a very powerful and practical book. My chapter is the first chapter in this book. is an anthology. It's actually 31 strategic lessons and stories of women entrepreneurs, so women leaders. I know that would be a blessing to anybody listening, especially if you are new to the entrepreneur life and or shifting in your entrepreneur journey. This book have a lot of practical information that's very useful. Things that I, I I wish I had before I started or I wish I had, you know, as I was trying to scale and grow my business. So these are the type of things that you can look forward to getting in that book. And to get that, if you could go to bit.ly forward slash e-e-book tie miles. And I know that's a mouthful. So that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash E-E-B-O-O-K-T-Y-E-M-I-L-E-S. And snag a copy. You will not regret it. And then lastly, I have my event, Clarity Think Party. It is coming up in December. But if you subscribe to my email list, you will definitely um, get all the details on this. But Clarity Think Party, this has been a very powerful movement that I'm leading for spiritual women who they want to do more. Most of the women that I attract, they are going into the second half of their lives. So I would say anywhere from 40 and above, these are women who have been you know, doing everything else for everybody else. And now they want to make themselves a priority. They want to come off the back burner. They want to discover you know, what having a business looks like for them. Or even if it's not what having a business looks like, what does standing up for themselves look like? How they can practically take those steps to doing them to being their most authentic selves. Clarity Think Party is a full day personal development deep dive. So as I say, true leadership starts with personal leadership. You're going to get all the goods on personal leadership. So that's Clarity Think Party. If you subscribe to my email list, you'll definitely get the details on that coming up in December. 
Okay. Thank you, Ty. And also, guys, I'm going to put the link to her book in the show notes on the website. So go to the website and check out the show notes if you didn't grab everything as far as the link to that book. And thank you, Ty. We appreciate your insight today. No, thank you so much, Nicole. Be blessed, each of you. Thank you. I really enjoyed this interview with Ty. And I hope you did as well. I agree with Ty's viewpoint on personal leadership being the foundation of all leadership. Every day, we make decisions about what we will or will not do, whether it's for good or otherwise, which is self-leadership. As Ty suggested, it is important that we get to know ourselves to effectively lead ourselves. Learning our strengths and weaknesses helps us to show up authentically and make better decisions so we can shine and showcase our brilliance. A quote by Robin Sharma reads, one of the most important of all personal leadership skills is self-awareness. I admire Ty's efforts to be a trailblazer in the beauty industry by implementing structure and rules into her business operations. Operational procedures are required for business growth and longevity, which shows that Ty was aiming for the long game by implementing procedural standards for her company. Change is not always easy and needs to be managed properly for a smooth transition. Although the process Ty tried did not go as planned, she did not let this deter her innovative efforts. Ty definitely turned a loss into a win by learning from this experience and improving her leadership skills for the future. When we make our own roadmap, it is not unlikely to make some errors along the way. What's important is that we learn from the journey and continue to move forward to see what the end will be. As with Ty, I was the smart pregnant girl who did not hide my pregnancy by going to a school for pregnant girls. And sadly, I also wasn't chosen for the National Honor Society as a result of my circumstance. Surprisingly, I ended up being ranked in the top 10 of my class. So I was on the graduation stage while being nine months pregnant. Talk about an oxymoron. At the time, I did not realize that by continuing to handle my responsibilities, while facing adversity was actually an example of my leadership skills, as Ty explained. And similarly to Ty, I ended up finding out that some of my peers admired and respected the fact that I kept going and didn't let my daughter deter my continued growth. A quote by Roger Crawford reads, being challenged in life is inevitable. Being defeated is optional. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Ty mentioned the importance of having the ability to empathize to be a successful leader. Having empathy means we are able to recognize the feelings and perspectives that other people have, which is needed to foster trust and loyalty. Unfortunately, many people have not taken the time to empathize personally, which inhibits their ability to empathize for anyone else. As Ty stated, how we treat others is a direct reflection of how we treat ourselves. 
It is essential that we learn to be patient with ourselves as well as patient with others in our pursuit of greatness. Over the years, I overlooked this important concept, which led to me neglecting myself as well as others. Thankfully, I have become more aware of this and continue to work on improving in this area. I will make it my business to continue to take the feelings and perspectives of myself and others into consideration, as I know inward and outward empathy is required for success. A quote by Simon Sinek reads, empathy is about being concerned about the human being and not just about their output. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. If you decide to take me up on my challenge, I would love to know about your key takeaway. If you care to share, please go to the She Leads podcast discussion group on Facebook and leave your comment under the Takeaway Thursday post for season four, episode 17. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled Age Does Not Define Leadership with Ty Miles. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.